Disney fans, looking for the latest Disney news? And interviews with some of Disney's biggest stars? Have we got the podcast for you. Welcome to D23 Inside Disney. I'm Tony from Good Morning America. I'm Jeffrey from D23. And I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney. And together we're taking you Inside Disney. The gang is back together. Yes. Back. Aloha, my friends. I'm so Aloha. happy to be here. <laughs> Are you really happy to be here and not in Hawaii still on your honeymoon? I I'm think... happy to be here talking to you. I am not happy to be here in my closet again. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Living for your daily Sherry updates, though. Oh, thank you. Yes, more to come. Love it. <laughs> How have you guys been? What have you been up to? Well... I have been watching Jeopardy, everyone. Ooh, uh, nice. Our George Stephanopoulos, who co-anchors GMA, has been co-hosting all this week. And Robin guest hosts next week. So lots of Jeopardy fun and... to watch in prime time. Nice, nice. Wow. When are you going to co-host, Tony? You know, I did put my my name in the hat, hat in the <laughs> name. You put your hat in the ring. <laughs> I like name in the or hat in the name. That was nice. Hat in the name of the ring. <laughs> I will continue wishing upon a star for that one, Sherry. Yes, same. Aww. And Sherry, what have you been up to? Well, I watched the two episode premiere of Monsters at Work on Disney Plus, and Ooh. it is so good, you guys. It's so funny yep, and charming. And Billy Crystal and John Goodman, as good as ever. And then the new cast is amazing. I especially love Henry Winkler's character. Oh my gosh, so funny. <laughs> so, funny. so funny. He reminds me of Gonzo in his look, which is like maybe why oh, yeah. I feel a connection. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I like Aisha Tyler as the mom. Like, yes. they're weird. They're weird. <laughs> well, in, in, in addition to uh, immersing myself in Monsters at Work, I've immersed myself back in my office here at the Walt Disney Studios lot. So wow. it's been Happening. amazing. It's been super fun to be back here as part of the return to work plan. And I'm just happy to be here and, and back on the lot and soaking in a little of the, the magic that we have here, which is fantastic. Ah, so cool. Welcome back. Thank you. We got a lot of news to hit. So we're going to let's just jump right in. So first off, it will be a, a couple days old, but amazing that the Walt Disney Company earned more than 160 Emmy nominations for all wow. of the shows that wow. we air and produce. Best drama series noms for Pose, The Mandalorian, mm. and mm. technically This Is Us because it's produced by 20th Television, even though it airs not on a Walt Disney Company outlet. For comedy, <laughs> Blackish and Pen15, Hulu got nominated. And for limited series, the phenomenal, the amazing WandaVision, plus uh, our yes. friends Lizzie Olson and Paul Bettany. And you know who's really happy about that? Who? Our guest today. Full disclosure, we, we spoke with him before the Emmy noms were announced, but Kevin Feige, president of Marvel Studios, is on the show today and we really went to town just asking him a, a lot about black widow which is of course amazing but all the other burning questions we have been holding on to and wishing we could ask um and we got some very interesting answers mm -hmm. kevin 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 yes <laughs> sticking with emmy news on the heels of tw its 24 emmy nominations there's going to be a special episode of Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, airing on Disney Plus on August 25th. 
focusing on the return of Luke Skywalker, which took place in the season two finale. If you didn't already know that happened, sorry. Spoiler (laughs) alert, this whole episode is full of spoilers because we go to spoiler town. If you have not watched Black Widow and all the Marvel series, do not listen to this episode. You will be very mad at us. Well, keeping to theme in the MCU and as reported on GMA this week, Black Widow totally blew away the box office by being, get this you guys, the highest domestic opening weekend for a Marvel Cinematic Universe origin story after Black Panther and Captain Marvel grossing over $215 million. Wow. 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 At the box office globally in theaters and on Disney Plus Premier Access. In summary, if you haven't seen Black Widow yet, it's time. What are you doing? Run (laughs) safely. What are you waiting for? To the theater. Run, don't walk, but safely run to the theater and watch Black Widow. Or watch it on Disney Plus Premier Access. Absolutely. Ah, You don't have to run anywhere. You can be like Sherry and just stay on your couch when you're not in Hawaii. I would be (laughs) running around my living room screaming probably. It's either Hawaii couch or closet for me. (laughs) All great destinations. (laughs) Yes. Well, I've got a whole heap of parks news, you guys. For your safety, remain seated with your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the imaginary podcast vehicle. First up, fall favorites are returning to the Disneyland Resort from September 3rd through October 31st, Halloween. At Disneyland Park, characters are getting in the spirit. On Main Street USA, you will find Mickey and friends with Minnie dressed as a witch, Donald as a pumpkin, and more. And of course, villains throughout the park. The Pumpkin Festival is coming back to Main Street USA with the iconic giant Mickey Mouse jack-o'-lantern. Haunted Mansion Holiday is making its 20th appearance in the park. Halloween Screams, which is a supernatural projection and fireworks and special effects show. That is happening on the weekends. Day of the Dead is coming to Frontierland. Then over at Disney California Adventure Park on Buena Vista Street, we've got more fun character experiences. Mickey and friends are going to be wearing old-fashioned Halloween costumes that include Fortune Teller Minnie, Bewitching Daisy, and a devilishly handsome Donald and Goofy with a ghostly grin. Then Radiator Springs is becoming Mm. Radiator Screams. Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout is turning into Guardians of the Galaxy Monsters After Dark. Plaza de la Familia Mm. is returning to Paradise Gardens. Oogie Boogie Bash is coming back. Ah, man, there is so, so, so much more. Check out the Parks blog for all the deets. And, you know, I can't talk about Halloween without talking about the holidays because oh, like yeah. what is halloween if not christmas eve 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 eve, 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 eve. haunted mansion holiday returning like Yay. i said 20th anniversary and the gingerbread house is gonna stitch together elements of the previous 19 houses so it's kind of like a franken wow. house i know franken house yes like mm-hmm. and then at Disneyland Paris, we've got Disney's Enchanted Christmas lighting up the park. Mm. There'll be new holiday drink offerings through July 18th over at Disney Springs, including a peppermint mocha latte. Yum, yum, yum. Mm. New holiday merch. Jeffrey, you're going to love this. Disney Cruise Line is celebrating very merry time cruises from November through December. You know, I love those. I know where you'll be for two months. 
And the Disney Parks blog also released a Disney Plus holiday watch list. But wait, there's even more. The holiday season is returning to Walt Disney World Resort. November 12th, during the park's world's most magical celebration, 50th anniversary, there is stuff happening at Magic Kingdom Park, at Disney Hollywood Studios, at Epcot, at Animal Kingdom, at Disney Springs, yes, at the resort hotels. Full list of everything is on the mm. Disney Parks blog. I can talk for, about this for about five more hours, but I know we have other news to get to. And you know I'm going to talk about the holidays every week between now and the end of December. <laughs> I mean, now that we're officially halfway to holidays. And you know, it's, it just sounds like we haven't really put much thought into Halloween or the holidays here. From I the know, sound of yeah, that. right? Yeah, it's a little, it's really bare bones. Oh my gosh, you too, <laughs> you too. Well, Sherry, you did call out my great love of Disney Cruise Line and our friends at Disney Cruise Line just announced the Avengers Quantum Encounter is coming to the Disney Wish. So now this is the dining adventure that will be premiering inside the New Worlds of Marvel restaurant when the ship debuts in the summer of 2022. Guests, of course, are going to play an interactive role in the action, as well as obviously in the dining. If if you weren't interactive in your dining, that would be a really (laughs) sad dining experience. (laughs) But every table is going to have an interactive quantum core. Now, I have a feeling this has something to do if you if you go to the parks blog, you can see this video where you see a tiny cupcake get made very, very big. And those are the Sherry and my favorite kinds of cupcakes. So <laughs> yes. yeah, I'm, I'm hoping there is more of that in store based on how much fun Sherry and I had eating every single thing at the Pim Test mm. Kitchen. Looking forward to that when the Disney Wish sets sail. But coming a little bit sooner, we got a whole bunch more stuff. There were a ton of trailers released and you can find all of them. So many, so many. You can find them on the Big Disney YouTube. You can find them on D23. You can find them in many places. But my niece is particularly excited for Descendants, the Royal Wedding, the animated follow-up to the Descendants trilogy, which reveals what happens when Mal and King Ben prepare to say, I do. And it sounds like Hades, Mal's father, has got a a, a little uh, issue with the nuptials. That will Hmm. be on Friday, August 13th on Disney Channel. The breathtaking and also very sweet and funny trailer for Encanto was released. So good. Cannot wait for this. Following the extraordinary family, the Madrigals, who live hidden in the mountains of Colombia in a magical house. And the action centers on Mirabelle, an ordinary 15-year-old girl who tries to find her place in her very magical family. And of course, to top it all off, new songs by Lin-Manuel Miranda, Encanto is slated for theaters on November 24th. Now, also a trailer that virtually broke the internet was the trailer for Marvel Studios' first animated series, What If? It feels like it's a little multiverse It shows what happens uh, when other things happen, like say Peggy Carter got the super soldier serum, things like that. And, uh, and you get to see T'Challa too, the fabulous Chadwick Boseman um, voiced the character for this series which debuts on Disney Plus August 11th. Okay, a little bit further out, we got Turn in Red. Yes. New, oh my gosh. I, <laughs> Sherry, I'm sure you, I'm sure you exploded like a giant red panda. <laughs> there um, it is. I did. Saw it. It's so great. It is from Domi Shi, who directed Bao, the fabulous Academy Award winning short. Um, and it follows a 13 year old girl who suddenly poofs into a giant red panda when she gets too excited, which of course, when you're a teenager is essentially always. And 
my favorite, my beloved, my Christina Yang from Grey's Anatomy, Sandra O oh is Yay. back and voices yes. uh, Maylee's protective, if not slightly overbearing mother. <laughs> and that will be coming out on March 11th of next year, but much, much sooner. And by sooner, I mean next week, Behind the Attraction debuts on Disney+. Plus. It goes behind the scenes of some of your favorite attractions and destinations at Disney Parks and Resorts. I had the pleasure of helping out a little bit in reviewing this series over the last many months, and it is fabulous. It is narrated by Patrick Brewster. It is 10 parts. It is co-executive produced by Dwayne Johnson, who, of course, appears in the show. Maybe when they're talking about Jungle Cruise. I'm not giving anything mm. away. <laughs> the first five episodes are dropping on July 21st, and it's truly fantastic. It's a, it's a great, I would say, um, companion to the Imagineering story. Mm. Sorry, guys, that was a lot. Hopefully none of you totally glazed over and were like, wait, what? Did he talk? Anyway, <laughs> it was a big week for trailers for sure. Well, from the big screen to the big stage, you guys, mm. as a New Yorker, I am particularly excited for the official return of Broadway. Yay. Obviously. Yeah. And what a way to celebrate its return than with a benefit concert from Disney on Broadway. Yes. Of yes. course. So our friends at Disney Theatrical Group are presenting live at the New Am, aka the New Amsterdam Theater, a benefit concert for the Actors Fund featuring four shows from July 22nd through July 25th, featuring special performances from Disney on Broadway's biggest stars performing some of the most beloved hit songs from Disney Broadway shows, you know, like songs like Beauty and the Beast, A Whole New World, Maybe Let It Go, just to name a few. Mm -hmm. And I have to add, the Broadway community, of course, was hit really hard during the pandemic, as we all know. And the Actors Fund, for which this benefit concert is for, actually provided more than 16,000 entertainment professionals with grants totaling more than $22 million wow. since the shutdown wow. last March. So wow. there will be tears at this concert. I will mm -hmm. be there. Oh, um, yeah. amazing. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm not performing, but I, in my mind, I will be. Okay. <laughs> to be clear, I can't wait to tell you all about this event on next week's podcast for sure. Mm. Cannot wait. Oh, also, you know, Disney Plus just announced that Diary of a Future President will be coming back for its second season on August 18th. Such a fun show. It's executive produced by the fabulous Gina Rodriguez, who uh, mm. stars as the grown up president. And she's actually directing the season's first episode very very exciting um but you know what is also exciting guys mm. tell us tell us five fantastic things to watch this weekend courtesy of our friends at d23 the official disney fan club for complete details visit d23.com jeffrey what's up first well what is up first but it's my niece dylan's favorite show gabby durant and the unsettables Aww, a new episode cute. friday the 16th yeah she loves it she loves it for those of you who don't know gabby is a young woman who is babysitting aliens and really that's all you need to know it's very very funny and very sweet Oh, I love that. Okay, well, new to the Disney Plus library on Friday, July 16th, is We Bought a Zoo. Aww. Very straightforward mm. title. It's about people who bought a zoo, but it's got Matt Damon. It's not just any people. It's very special people. Yes. Matt Damon, Scarlett Johansson, and Thomas Hayden Church star in this film. Check it out. I mean, Black Widow. Goodness. There you go. That's all you yeah. need to know. Love it. After you watch Black Widow, watch her buy a zoo. <laughs> 
lots going on there. I love it. Well, series premiere alert on Friday, July 16th, McCartney 321 premieres on Hulu. It's a six episode series where Paul McCartney himself sits down for a rare in-depth one-on-one with legendary producer Rick Rubin to discuss his groundbreaking work with the Beatles and more. Mm. Wow. On with that. Well, on Saturday, July 17th, which happens to be Disneyland's birthday, but this has nothing to do with Disneyland. You can still watch, (laughs) however, you should totally do something Disneyland related. But coming at 12.10 p.m., that magic hour on FXM, Nine to five. I mean, do, 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 yes. I mean, I can't, I can't even. Dolly, Lily, Jane. Jane. I, yeah. Uh. I, I mean, <laughs> I live for that. And yes, there we I go. I mean, 925, 1955. There's something there with the Disneyland anniversary. There's Ooh, a connection. Oh, Sherry. <laughs> mm, I like that. Yes. Some that. numbers. I don't know. Let's let's just say I'm going to say that may not be an Easter egg, as as Kevin as, as Kevin Feige may re, may reveal yeah. shortly some non Easter eggs and non Easter eggs. That's too funny. Um, and finally, this weekend, grab your exit, buddy. We are heading to P. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney. Yes. <laughs> this is an obvious must watch. Finding Nemo airs Saturday, July 17th at 5.55 p.m. Eastern, another magic hour on Freeform. Well, on to our guest. And if you've not seen Black Widow in all the Marvel Studios and Disney Plus series to date, please wait to listen to this because we are going full on with some spoilers. This incredible creative is the mastermind behind the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's now 24 incredible feature films and three and counting amazing series on Disney+. Plus. This introduction could go on forever, but we have a lot of questions, so please welcome to the show the president of Marvel Studios and D23 Gold member, Kevin Feige. Woo-hoo. Yes, hi there. Thank you so much. Yay. Happy to be here with the D23 crew, yes. Yay. We're so happy you're here. Okay. Let's get to it. Black Widow was incredible. Can you talk about why telling this story, her story right now was both perfect for her character and the fourth phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? It was perfect because we have the perfect actor who plays this character and Scarlett Johansson has been doing remarkable, incredible work for years and years everywhere, including the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And for about 10 years, we've been talking about doing her own standalone movie. And as it happened with the timing of of the Infinity Saga, that it felt like now at the top of of what we call phase four was really the time to explore things about her that we didn't know. That it's easy to think we know her story, we know how it ends, and yet she's been an enigma throughout her time in the MCU. And there is a lot that we don't know about her. And that's what this movie really is about. And it feels like Had we made this movie 10 years ago, we wouldn't have made the same movie. We would have made a very different movie that frankly would have probably not been as special. Scarlett can talk a lot more eloquently than I can about the character's growth over the years. And Scarlett really, you know, giving her all to make this a very multidimensional character. Yes, an exciting hero, but also a flawed, real human, which is the best of what we can say about all of our Marvel heroes. So you mentioned her growth. Some of what powers Black Widow through the earlier films is her desire to make up for thinking she killed Drykov's daughter. So in some ways, do you feel like it's a full circle redemption? It is. I mean, she's been going down. I think in audience, 
and certainly people who had been saved by Black Widow within the, the context of the universe could probably say she was redeemed a long time ago. Because every time we've seen her in a movie, she's been doing the right things. She's been doing the heroic things. But this period of her life that we hadn't seen as much of haunts her. And she keeps thinking she needs to make up for it. And I think what we see in this movie is some of that, but also how that started. And what, you know, we talked a lot about the notion of family. And Natasha brings that up in Endgame, that she didn't have a family until she found this group, the Avengers. And if you look at her journey through the MCU up to this point, it's actually been about family being ripped away from her. She joined up with S.H.I.E.L.D. and thought she had that family with Clint and Nick and, and everybody that she was working with at S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, the events of Captain America, the Winter Soldier taught us S.H.I.E.L.D. had rotted from within and was being controlled by the remnants of Hydra. And she says, as she's in uh, Sam Wilson's apartment to uh, Steve Rogers in the Winter Soldier, that it gave her a purpose that she now feels like she'd lost. She then found that purpose again with the Avengers, seemingly. That's torn apart after Civil War. And then, of course, torn apart yet again, even further after Infinity War. So this notion of having a family and losing a family is at the very heart of the Black Widow film. And we see why the notion of family means so much to her, but is also so complex. And having seen what she's gone through time and time again, in my opinion, makes her all the more heroic for staying on the side of good and for doing the right thing in these enormously difficult circumstances. And in large part, that's because of what we reveal in the Black Widow movie was this crux of a family unit that she had when she was very young. I got to see the movie in the theater, which was my first time back in a movie theater. Amazing. Oh, Excellent. Ooh. It reminded me of how much more impactful it is to see a movie like this on the big screen. It's also going to look great on Disney Plus. We will let make sure everyone knows that. But are there some scenes that you feel are really meant to be seen in a theater? Or was there just one scene that seeing it on a big screen, you were just completely blown away by? You know, we make all of the films to be seen on, on as big a screen as possible and to hold up on as big a screen as possible. So yes, the sequence where she breaks Red Guardian, she and Yelena break Red Guardian out of the gulag is remarkable and, and incredible on a big giant screen. The finale of the film in the Red Room sort of dropping from the sky, which is a um, fun nod to early Marvel action sequences, it really is, is remarkable to see on the big screen. The mountains of Norway, frankly, where we uh, encounter her early in the, in the film, beautiful to see on the big screen. You know, seeing the actual size of the image is one great part of the theatrical experience. Seeing that big image surrounded by other people is the primary advantage. Mm -hmm. And being in a room of strangers, all feeling and laughing and cheering, hopefully at the same moments, is really what heightens that experience, I believe. And that's what sort of cinema is all about, is going on a journey together and emerging from that darkened theater that changed from it, is the best of what movies have to offer and what I missed most over this past year about not being able to go to the movies. Ooh, ooh, that gave me chills. <laughs> <laughs> so the banter between Natasha and Yelena was just perfect. In some ways, they're pretty similar. Do you feel like having Yelena continue in the MCU keeps the voice of Natasha alive? I think Yelena very much has her own voice as portrayed by Florence Pugh. She's almost emerged fully formed from this movie as this remarkable addition to the MCU. And, and it excites me that people leave that movie excited to see where she'll be next. 
you know, she also will be trying to carry on the memory of Natasha, but in her own way and with her own voice. But I do think what's fun is this unseen chapter of Natasha's past can inform everything you've known about Natasha. And will, in fact, I look forward to people watching Avengers 1 again, watching on Disney Plus Captain America the Winter Soldier again, watching Avengers Infinity War again, when you will be able to watch Black Widow in between. It actually will give you a very, I think, different point of view of her roles in those films in a fun way that is for us what the MCU is all about is continuing and growing and building upon the mythology. But yes, it's also fun that we are introducing characters like the Red Guardian, like Elena, that will uh, hopefully go forth uh, one day within uh, future storylines. By the way, I have to ask, where is Natasha getting all this money for planes and weapons? She's got old contacts. She tells Secretary Ross that uh, she lived a lot, many lives before him, and she's got contacts, and she's got uh, Mason, who we introduced in this film, uh, played by O.T., great actor. So she's very resourceful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Rachel Weisz and David Harbour are really, really great additions to the MCU. Do you think we'll get to see more of them? You know, it is always the intention that when characters come into and, and great, great actors come into the universe, that if we had a great time with them, they had a great time, the audience did, that you always want to see them uh, again. So I, I think it's a safe bet that we definitely want that to happen. They are amazing. So obviously, everyone knows the film was moved because of the pandemic. Because of that, did you have to go back and make any tweaks, I, especially because we got to meet Contessa Valentina Allegra de La Fontaine, my favorite name ever, in, in <laughs> Falcon and Winter Soldier? Excellent question. And, you know, I was asked a lot over the course of quarantine and the lockdown, has our creative had to change at all? And the answer is no, that because of where we were in phase four post-Infinity uh, Saga's completion, we didn't have to alter WandaVision, Falcon, Loki, Shang-Chi, Eternals, none of it. All of the dates shifted, the order shifted of a few projects as well. And we didn't have to change anything because they all pretty much stand alone and the connectivity will come in the future. The one exception to that, which I always danced around in interviews before because people hadn't seen Black Widow, is that yes, initially Val was supposed to be introduced in the tag of Black Widow. And then you would have gone on to see her for a second time in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And of course, now that's reversed. So instead of people watching Falcon saying, oh, look, there's that character that appeared at the end of uh, of Black Widow, they will hopefully say, oh, hey, look, there's Val from The Falcon and Winter Soldier show when they see that, which of course, everybody listening to this has already seen the tag to Black Widow. So it actually didn't change anything based on where you met her. First, she was always going to be a mysterious figure. Val, portrayed by the amazing Julia Louis-Dreyfus, was always going to be a mysterious figure that stepped in out of nowhere. We just initially planned that to be in uh, Black Widow instead of Falcon. And you don't call me Val, but you can think it. Actually, don't even think it. Like like her (laughs) delivery. Anyway, sorry. I just, it's so good. (laughs) Well, speaking of the Contessa, first off, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is a genius. I'm sure more about her will be revealed over time, but what can you tell us now? She seems to be building a team. She's doing something. Yes, she is. She's, <laughs> she seems to be, is she's in a recruitment mode? Do they already, does Yelena already work for her? They seem to have a, a connection at that point. Yes. And the future is bright for the MCU because Julia is in it. 
We are gigantic fans of her at Marvel. We had a general meeting with her many years ago where Luz Esposito and I really just geeked out that we were even meeting her because she's such an icon and we're very big Seinfeld nerds uh, at Marvel Studios. <laughs> so the, the notion of bringing her into the world was always something, if we could find the right thing, would, was something we wanted to do. And when this role came about and the opportunity to have her in Widow, in Falcon, and maybe in some other things coming up, she was totally on board and really into it. So it's an amazing addition to the world. And I, I look forward to people uh, being surprised by just where she'll show up next. Oh, cannot wait. Okay, Kevin, you can absolutely take the fifth on this, but given the unforgettable tag on Black Widow, will Yelena be paying a visit to the Disney Plus Hawkeye series? I don't know if I can take the fifth. It's D23. I feel like as a fellow member of D23, I have to just give you guys the inside scoop. But I will say it is our great hope that, as I said before with uh, uh, Rachel and, and David Harbert, that Florence will have future appearances in the MCU. Where and when will be up for uh, the viewers to, to see when it happens. Ooh. Okay, Kevin, we've been meaning to ask you this question since WandaVision premiered. <laughs> So the date circled on the calendar in the kitchen was August 23rd. Of course, we'd love to think that it has to do with D23. Someone actually pointed out to us that August 23rd was the date of the D23 Expo Disney Plus panel where you came out and talked about WandaVision. So not to make it all about us, but is it all about us? Independent of the answer to that question, it is, it is all about us. It is all about you. It is all about D23. Great. Three is an important, an important year in the history of the company. 100th anniversary coming up. Whenever 23 can appear, it's fun to do so. I will tell you what is definitively not an Easter egg. Is it that same episode? I think it is. The first episode of WandaVision, Agnes mentions her husband Ralph's anniversary. Their anniversary date is June 2nd. And she said he wouldn't remember it unless she puts it on something. On a beer, I think. Yes, exactly. On a beer. <laughs> Total coincidence that June 2nd is my birthday. And oh. it, 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 was oh. just, it was just in the script and, uh, and <laughs> paper had, no, had no idea. So some people think that I was wedging in my birthday as an Easter egg. I was not, uh, for the record. <laughs> I love this. They, we thought we were going to get Easter eggs. We're getting the non-Easter eggs. That's even better, I Let's think. Let's go through a list of, non of not Easter eggs. <laughs> that would be exciting podcast. <laughs> Well, I mean, honestly, there have been so many fan theories about things out there. Just we, we could just take a whole episode and just shoot them all down. <laughs> the Easter egg in Captain America Civil War was obviously a highlight. It was a highlight at D23 Expo. So the D23 team did ask me to come on and personally lobby that we come up with a D23 Easter egg in every single MCU project going forward. So just putting it out there. We, we got to go back and look at every two and three and 23 that has ever been in, in any of the projects and we will attribute it to, uh, <laughs> to every 23. Yes. We'll take it. So something that makes Marvel really unique is how interconnected the movies and series are. How do you keep all those plot lines straight and know what to reveal when and where? Is there like a dry erase board the size of Disneyland somewhere? <laughs> Well, we, we used to not need one because it really was just all in uh, our collective imaginations at the studio. Just before the pandemic, we started going, you know what, maybe we need a big whiteboard. And then we all went into our houses. 
So we still have not, we've not done that. But the, the truth is, is a wonderfully dedicated, creative, spectacular team at Marvel Studios. And one person is dedicated full time to each project. So Mary Lovanos oversaw WandaVision from start to finish. Uh, Zoe Nagelhout oversaw Falcon and Winter Soldier on the ground every day from start to finish. Kevin Wright came up with much of what uh, of what you love about the Loki series and was right next to Kate Herron, our director, and uh, Tom Hiddleston the entire time. So there are people whose sole tasks it is to keep it in their head and deliver it for us. And then we have interconnected meetings quite often about how things grow and evolve. And Lou and I and Victoria bounce between all of those. So something will come up on one show and then we'll have to sometimes call and say, well, actually, we've got to alter this. We've got to change that. But never to the detriment of the individual projects. If that were to happen, we wouldn't do it. And as you indicated before we started recording, yeah, the multiverse is coming up in a big way. So there's, a, there's interconnectivity there that people have already started to see and suss out. And I had a meeting this morning with the whole broad Marvel Studios team going through the multiverse and the rules of the multiverse and exactly how to... Um, you know, really deliver on uh, on the uh, excitement surrounding the multiverse. Because like with so much with Marvel, that is a topic. When we first had Sam Jackson appear in a cameo at the end of Iron Man, I really thought it would be a small group, relatively small group of people that were excited by that. And that we'd have to then educate a broader public about, about what that meant and who Nick Fury was. But almost instantly, if you remember way back to the summer of 2008, it ignited really everyone's imagination. And in the same way, the multiverse is something that we geek out about and we really love all the storytelling potential it brings, but thought we really had to slowly dole out what it was and, and, and introducing the conceit even in briefly in Doctor Strange and then as a fake out in Spider-Man Far From Home. But I will tell you something, it is more than just fans that are following along with the multiverse storyline. It's really quite exciting even to see it midway through the Loki series now as people uh, respond to the possibilities. Ah, oh, wow. Yes, very excited. And uh, the multiverse, yeah. A multiverse meeting. Can you imagine Ooh, just a being multiverse. a fly on the wall? <laughs> Can you, that Zoom coming up, that's a Zoom I want to be invited oh, to. Yes. Uh, so there are a couple of characters that we want to ask about. Just remember, it's only the four of us here. No one else ever needs oh, to know. Right. Catherine Hahn, brilliant as Agatha. Was it a surprise for you how much that character popped? I mean, we all knew she was going to be amazing, but was that a surprise how much she popped? And could we maybe be seeing her again? Well, I mean, that's the same answer as before. Great character, great actor, great response. And why wouldn't you want to work with Catherine Hahn again? We do want to. It didn't surprise me that she was great because she's always great. It was wonderful to see how her performance and that song in particular really popped through. I thought every theme song that we were lucky enough for our director, Matt Fraction, to finagle his friends, Bobby and Christina Lopez, into doing for us, I thought were great. And any one of them could have popped. I would go around singing them. And sometimes people go, those are spoilers. Like I would go around singing Agatha all along and they go, the episode hasn't aired yet. You have to stop singing it. But it was, well, I guess that's a sign that that would be the song that would pop because that's the one I sang the most. That was, uh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> Great fun. I've worn my Agatha all along t-shirt several times now. Yes. Available on Shop <laughs> Disney. Just saying, putting it out there for, for all the listeners. <laughs> okay. Emily Van Camp's Sharon Carter. I mean, wow. She went really pretty dark. How will she be fitting into the future of the MCU? Well, the power broker uh, has been revealed. And what was fun about that is, again, Emily's a spectacular uh, 
actor and we hadn't seen her in a long time. She got the short end of the stick when it came to the events of Civil War and was sort of left out in the cold. And it's interesting what she did with that, how she evolves and where she goes obviously remains to be seen, but the response to Madripoor and to hers, the power broker was great. So Kevin, when we chatted with you at the opening of Avengers Campus, you'd said your favorite Disney memory were, were your yearly trips to the Disney parks. And for those listeners who have not heard it already, that's podcast episode 90, definitely worth checking out. But since we asked this question at the end of every interview, what is your second favorite Disney memory? Unless you've had a new favorite Disney memory since we last chatted with you, which is also perfectly fine. Well, my whole life is, is nothing. Every day is a Disney memory for me now, uh, being a part of the company, which is pretty cool. Getting to do the D23 podcast will be a great Disney, uh, Disney memory. Aww. Having remembered way back when, when signs went up that said D23, nobody knew what it was. Are you 23? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what it was. Anyway, this is very cool. Avengers Campus was a pretty good memory, I must say. And being there with Paul Rudd and with Anthony Mackie and with uh, Josh and Bob up there on stage and, and John Favreau coming, that, that really was very special, honestly. Being there for the opening, the ribbon cutting ceremony of Avengers Campus with John Favreau coming in and introducing the walk around character of Iron Man really was an amazing uh, moment for me personally as a Marvel fan, as a movie fan, and as a Disney theme park fan. John and I sat in a uh, small office 13 years ago talking about what Iron Man could be. I've relayed this story before. I said, John, you know, this is going to be a long movie. We're going to be together for the next two years, you know, three years trying to get it right. He goes, no, we won't. I thought, uh-oh, what does he mean? He goes, if we do this right, we're going to be together for the next 10 years. And sure enough, there we were 12, 13 years later, opening a theme park dedicated to what that would uh, turn into, Iron Man. That was quite a personal and professional, amazing Disney memory for me. Oh, Kevin, thank you so much. This was great. This has been amazing. You are, as always, a rock star, and we love, love talking to you. So thank you. And congratulations on Black Widow. Congratulations on 5,000 movies, 700 Disney Plus series. We watch them all over and over. We're obsessed. Yes. And we cannot wait to ask for your third favorite Disney memory next time you're on the show. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Thank you all so very, very much. Thank you. I keep doing what you do. I really, really love it all. Thank you. I feel like we could have asked him questions for like six hours. I, I don't <laughs> know that we would have gotten a ton more information out of him, but I love talking to him. And honestly, hearing that he was singing Agatha all along and like people had to be like, stop singing. It's a spoiler. I That may be my favorite. <laughs> Marvel Cinematic Universe story of all time. I don't yes, know. nothing like a singing spoiler. <laughs> uh. Well, thanks again for listening to D23 Inside Disney. Don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe. And if you want to chat with us, hashtag D23 Inside Disney. And for all the latest Disney info, check out D23.com. We'll be back next week with more Disney news and a fantastic guest, of course, on an all new episode of D23 Inside, Inside Disney. Disney.